Uh, Father, as we sang this morning, we give you praise. We give you praise because you are all-encompassing, because in every way that you exist and all of who you are, you are good toward us. You are unshakable. No one can stop you. We love you and we trust you because of that. And this morning, as we come to your word, we want to hear from you, Father, what you would have for us. We want to learn from your word. We want to be shaped and conformed as our minds are renewed and transformed by your word so that we can go out into this world as people who have been redeemed by Jesus and transformed to live in his power. So guide our time together this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the stocking stuffers that my wife Sheridan got for our extended family this year for Christmas was a little tin of cards that are conversation starters. Maybe you've seen these before. It's basically a little box or little tin, and inside there's little cards that you pull out, and you can use them around the dinner table, either after you eat or in the evening, just to kind of start conversation. Um, And so after we opened up presents and enjoyed a meal together, this little box of cards got opened up and everyone sat around the table and started answering the different questions that were on these conversation starter cards. Questions like, what's your favorite season of the year and why? And if you live in Houston, it's any season other than the one that you're currently in, right? Um, What's your favorite meal? Like, what is your favorite dinner meal that you eat? What if you could go on any vacation? Where would you go and why? Or, you know, if you could spend a day with just one person, who would it be? And all the introverts said myself. I choose myself. Okay? Done. Right? But one of the questions that was in the stack was, if you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Right? And so what I want you to do this morning is go ahead and just tell someone next to you, if you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? What would you choose if you could have a superpower? It's okay to participate. I'm encouraging you to participate. You can talk in church. This is fine. Some of you are like, I know this. I've been thinking about this for a long time. If I ever get bit by a spider, if some rock ever flung, like, flings out of space and like, lands near me and I get boosted with some kind of superpower, I know what's going to happen, right? All right. How many of you said super strength? Anybody? Super strength? Okay. Good. Right? Uh, anybody choose invisibility? Anybody? Invisibility? No? What about uh, shape-shifting, transforming into something else? Anybody do that? Okay. What about flight? Anybody do flight? Okay. See, flight's my go-to, right? And here's why. And it's totally practically motivated, okay? Maybe tomorrow is my day. Maybe tomorrow is my day that I need to bench press an office building or throw a bus across a parking lot. But it just hasn't happened yet. So I I just, the practicality of, of super strength for me is just not there. And if you were to chart out the number of places that I needed to sneak into, there'd be a pretty steep decline between my teenage years and my adult years. And so invisibility for me, practically, it just doesn't exist anymore, right? And shape-shifting, I mean, that would be really cool to prank someone, but here's how I would use shape-shifting, right? Like, I don't need to look like anyone else. I just need to look like I go to the gym for two hours a day. So I would shape-shift into a version of myself that looks like I go to the gym. Like, that's it. I don't, I don't need it for anything else. Like, that would be a huge win. Time saver, I'd look great, that's fine. But flight is insanely practical. I mean, if you've ever tried to navigate 1488 and 2978 at any time of the day, I mean, right there immediately, it's the ability to just walk out of your door and I'm just gonna fly to Target, right? It makes so much sense, right? That's money right there. So, now, it's fun to think about, you know, what kind of gift or superpower we would have if we were a hero, right? But, you know, as, as wild as you can go with that in your imagination, 
um, and, and think about what it would be like to have this otherworldly ability to do something that's beyond your normal capacities. It's all just pretend, right? It's all just pretend. Like, none of us are going to turn into Marvel superheroes. Well, what if it wasn't? What if it wasn't? Now, I'm not talking about super strength or teleportation or anything else like that, but what if it were possible to have a supernatural, otherworldly ability to do things in service of others that was beyond just your normal capacity? Well, if you know and have trusted in Jesus, it's not just a fantasy, it's a reality. This morning, as we look at Romans 12, we're going to see that part of our salvation by Christ is also a gifting by him with unique abilities that impart to us a measure of grace that can be used to serve others. If you've been around church, you know these as spiritual gifts. And there's a lot of mystery that tends to surround spiritual gifts sometimes. And so while our aim this morning is going to be to see what Jesus has to say to us from the book of Romans chapter 12, we'll also talk about spiritual gifts in general and see what they are and and come to understand how to use them in service to Jesus and to each other. So let's turn our attention now to the Bible and see what the Lord has to say to us from Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. There, writing, Paul says this, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now, before we go back through this passage this morning, I want to go ahead and and just define a couple things for us this morning that I think will really help us out. Because obviously, one of the immediate things we see when you come to this passage in the book of Romans is you see a list of spiritual gifts. You see prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, or maybe you've seen this as encouragement, uh, contributing or giving, leadership, mercy, right? There's other passages in Scripture as well that talk about spiritual gifts, gifts like healing, administration, tongues, miracles, faith, evangelism. And what's being talked about whenever you come to one of these lists in the Bible is spiritual gifts. And so just to define this morning for us what that is, I think it'll be helpful for us to see how we just define a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift or spiritual gifts are Holy Spirit-empowered abilities given to all followers of Jesus for use in service to Christ and to his body, the church. That's a really good working definition for us, right? The Holy Spirit gives to us unique abilities, special abilities to anybody who's a believer in Jesus, and the purpose of those gifts is to serve Christ and his church. Each of us in Christ has been gifted in some capacity. And this doesn't refer to your natural, innate talents or abilities either. In other words, outside of Jesus, you may be a really good leader. You may be a really good teacher 
outside of Jesus. You may be an incredibly charitable or compassionate person outside of Jesus. You may be an incredibly merciful or helpful person outside of Jesus. And certainly, God may give you a gift in concert with how you are naturally predisposed, but that's not necessarily the case. So we're not talking about what you're just naturally good at doing. My wife is naturally really good at singing. Singing is not necessarily a spiritual gift, but she can use that in service to the church. She's also been gifted in other unique ways. And so that means that if you're in this room this morning and you know and have trusted in Jesus, God has gifted you with a unique ability to serve him and others as given by the Spirit, whether you're eight years old or whether you're 80 years old. Right? We've got students in here this morning. We've got kids in here this morning. Students, kids, if you know and have trusted Jesus, God has given you an ability to serve him and to serve the church. And part of our job as a church body is to come around you and say, let's see how God has gifted you to be able to make much of him and to serve the body because you have something to offer. You have something to give. God can and will use you as you trust him and follow him and obey him to make much of himself, and to serve the church. That's pretty cool, right? And so part of our job as a church family is to help you with that, whether you're 8 or whether you're 80, is to help you understand how you can participate in the work that Jesus has for you to do. Now, none of the lists of, of spiritual gifts that we see in Scripture, including here in Romans 18, is, is wholly exhaustive. So it would be wrong for us to assume this morning when we look at this list here that all of those apply to us or any of those apply to us. Some of them may and some of them may not, right? The spiritual gifts are things that we're called to do as believers, but the things that we see here may or may not apply to us. And the things that we see here, when we look back through this list, like teaching or service or contribution or generosity, those are things that we may be called to do independently of whether there are spiritual gifts or not, right? Like, you, we don't have an ability to say, well, you know, giving is for people who have spiritual gifts of giving. I, I should not and I will not contribute financially to the kingdom work that Jesus is calling us to do, right? We all give because that's part of what we do in obedience to Jesus. And at the same time, there are people who've been uniquely gifted to give, give of their time, give of their finances, give of their talent to honor Jesus. Teaching, right? Some people have been gifted with a unique ability to teach, but that doesn't mean, mom and dad, that we get to punt on the responsibility to teach our kids Things that come from Scripture and teach them how to follow Jesus and teach them to understand things that we see in Scripture. That doesn't mean that if we have a coworker or someone that we know in our class at school who is exploring and learning things about Jesus and we have an ability to explain things to them that we don't have a responsibility to do that, right? Like there may be a spiritual gift of teaching, but yet we are all called in some capacity to be able to explain things about the faith. Um, we talk about, um, you know, mercy or things you see here uh, like exhorting. It doesn't mean that if, if we see someone who is having a hard time and needs encouragement that you go, well, my, my spiritual gift is not encouragement, so I'm not going to encourage you at all. I'll just wait for someone else to come along. No, there is a real sense, even though these spiritual gifts are unique abilities that have been given to us, where we all have a need to participate in some of the kinds of things that we see here, whether it's serving or sharing or speaking. However, what we'll do this morning and what I want us to see from Romans 12 is that there are spiritual gifts that are particular abilities that you and I have from the Lord that we should use to serve others in the body. And as we have the ability to do so, should do so faithfully 
and regularly even beyond those things we are naturally called to do as believers. And so that launches us into the first thing I really want us to see from Romans 12 this morning, and that's this. Spiritual gifts, this is your first point for the morning, spiritual gifts are given to build up and edify others. What do I mean by that? To help with that, we're going to look at two other key passages in Scripture this morning that talk about spiritual gifts, and then we're going to tie it back here to Romans chapter 12. So go ahead and take a look at 1 Peter verse, or chapter 4, verses 10 through 11 with me. It'll be here on the screen. The Apostle Peter, writing there, says this. He says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as the one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And so as we see here in 1 Peter 4, each of us in Christ has been given a gift. But what does the Bible say about those gifts? As each has received a gift, use it to what? Use it to serve one another. The primary goal of the gifts that God has given to you, whatever they may be, is for them to be used for others. 2 Corinthians 12, another place where we see spiritual gifts being discussed, Paul writing there says this, starting in verse 4. He says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for what? For the common good. And from there, Paul, if you follow on from 1 Corinthians 12, he's going to go into a much longer discussion about gifts and about and, and, and about how they're used in the church because the Corinthian church, things were just getting chaotic in their worship services and people were boasting about what gifts they had and they were using them in self-serving ways. And so Paul will go on to say, look, the aim of these spiritual gifts that you've been given, no matter what they are, is totally lost if you don't love one another. They're totally lost if whenever you come together, you're not using them to build one another up. That is the purpose of these gifts. So use your gifts, Paul will say, to serve and to encourage and to grow and to bless and to benefit your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what they're designed for. So how does that inform what we discussed and saw back in Romans chapter 12? Well, if spiritual gifts are given to build up and to edify others, then it explains the caution that we see in verses 3 through 5. Look back at those with me. Paul says, by the grace given to me, I say among you, to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. See, Paul, if you know anything about Paul in Scripture, he is probably one of the most insanely gifted believers that we encounter in the New Testament. It doesn't seem like he's capable of doing anything wrong. It seems like he always knows the right thing to say, the right thing to do, the right way to serve. He's as celebrity as you get when it comes to the New Testament. And so if there's anybody who could show up and boast in their abilities and the way that they've been gifted, it would be Paul. And yet what does Paul say? Paul reminds and instructs the Roman church that any gift that he has is a grace that has been given to him by Jesus, right? For by the grace given to me. Before I open up my mouth 
and instruct you, Roman church, about how to use your gifts, let me remind you that it is by the grace that I don't deserve that has been given to me that I can say or speak anything of value to you. Because ultimately, gifting is a reflection of Jesus and not of us. And so what does he say to them? He says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but use sober judgment when you consider how you have been gifted. Because there's two inherent risks when we start talking about spiritual gifts, right? There's two inherent risks when we start talking about spiritual gifts in the church. One is that someone will become boastful and look at their gifting and use it to boost themselves up, to boost their ego, to assume their usefulness. This is the person who says in their heart, look at how important I am. Look at the amazing things that I do for the kingdom of God. I serve people so incredibly well. People who I talk to always walk away encouraged. I'm so good at showing mercy to others. No one can teach as well as I can. No one can lead as well as I can. This place would literally fall apart if I didn't show up and serve. Do you know anybody like that? Because I do. I know people who assume that the church would fall apart or the ministries they serve in would fall apart if they didn't show up. They view their gifting too highly. Right? They're not using sober judgment. They mistakenly assume that the blessing that comes from their gifts is something for which they should take credit. The other risk that comes with gifting is minimizing what the Lord has done. Right? That someone would say in their heart, what does it matter how I'm gifted? What does it matter how I'm gifted? This person over here is a great teacher. They can easily explain the Bible. This person over here, man, they're so wise and they're so discerning. I can barely get out of bed in the morning without tripping over my own feet and sinning left and right. I, I don't know what to do. Or this person over here is a, a great leader. They're willing to follow. This person serves half, like I, I can't even serve half as well as they can. So, so what's even the point? I mean, all I can do is, is set up chairs. All I can do is pray with somebody. All I can do is, is serve in kids' ministry. All I can do is come alongside someone who's having a hard time and, and bring them a meal. I mean, how, how is God really going to use that to make any kind of difference in the kingdom? That's not sober judgment. Rather than seeing the blessing and the benefit that comes from service to Jesus, to his church, the person who has that bent, has that risk, will instead focus on what they don't have or somehow assume that the manner in which they've been equipped is lesser or somehow unimportant. And both are errors that come from not using sober judgment. Sober judgment reminds us that we've all been gifted by God. If we've trusted in Jesus, if he saved us from our sins, you've been gifted by him. Lord knows the church doesn't need a room full of people who lead and teach you just end up with a bunch of theological arguments all the time. Nobody, nobody sees Jesus in that, right? The church doesn't need a room full of people who are incredibly capable of showing mercy, but no one who can lead or no one who's willing to take charge or no one who can explain things. We all need the diverse gifts that Jesus gives to us because without them, we fail to see the beauty of what God intended when we come together as a church. We don't get to take credit for the ways in which our service brings benefit to others. We don't get to diminish the good gifts that are given to us by the Father. Any gifting, any service is ultimately because the Lord in his wisdom knows what I need. He knows what you need. 
And we, as his people, say, Lord, I'm here to be used by you, however you see fit. We're not all the same, but we're not called to be, right? Verses 4 through 5 that we saw here in, in Romans 12 said, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ. We belong to each other. We need each other. We are best off when each of us serves faithfully as the Lord has given us ability to serve in our unique gifts and abilities. And so the question that naturally comes from that this morning is that if we have these gifts, right, and we're supposed to use them in the church to build one another up, how do I know what my gifts are? How do I know what my gifts are? How do I use them in the way that God intended? Take a look back at verse 6 of Romans 12 with me. It says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. This is the most straightforward point I think I maybe have ever come up with from Scripture. But Paul's point in terms of using gifts and how to know how to use them is to simply use them. Right? Having gifts, the assumption here is you have a gift, it differs, what are you supposed to do with it? Use it. And so... That's the second point for you this morning. Spiritual gifts are discovered through use. We see our gifting. We lean into our gifting. We see how the Lord has used us by being used by the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but when I first trusted in Christ as a high school student, we had these things that were called spiritual gifts inventories. And I'm going to offend you if spiritual gifts inventories are your jam. I'm really sorry. But they're basically just Christian personality profiles. And... You get a score on them afterward, and it's just like, cool, I got a 13 in teaching. That's awesome. A 5 in mercy. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm not really merciful toward other people. I got a 12 in leadership. That's awesome. Zero on faith? Like, how does that even work? Like, right? No, you're given four choices, and you tend to choose the one that fits your personality best, and then they say, oh, your gifts are this, right? So the intent behind these inventories are, are good, right? And they actually may provide some clarification, but over time, what I've discovered is that the best way to see how the Lord has gifted you is to see how the Lord uses you and the fruit that comes from that. Like, I remember being in college, and, and you know, w when you first trust in Christ, and, and when you're in high school and college, everyone's really eager and zealous for the Lord. And so I had a bunch of guys who'd be like, yeah, I feel called to teach. And so they'd get up, and they'd lead a Bible study in our group, and I'd be like, bro, you're not even halfway close to being gifted to teach. Like, this is not like, go work on this for the next couple weeks. Nothing that you said made any sense. Like, you're not, you're not gifted to teach. And that's not a bad thing, right? It's just like the Lord has given you a, an ability to bless the church, but it's not through that means. So let's find how you can be used and how you are designed to be used, because there's a unique ability that you've got that is going to make much of Jesus, and you need to live into that as best as you can. But, bro, teaching is not your gift, right? Right? And so there were other people who would show up and serve, and all they ended up doing was arguing with people. It's like, okay, you know, look, okay, I get that you know how this should be run, right? I, I get that you understand how everyone else should be doing their job, but you are, like, not merciful at all, and this is probably not a good place for you. So we're going to just divert you this direction, and you're going to go serve over here and do something different, right? So... The point in that is to say that as you begin to serve, as you serve in the church, as you use your gifts, it becomes apparent to you and it becomes apparent to people around you how it is that you're wired. And so what do I mean by that? If you, don't, if you are sitting in this room this morning and you go, man, I don't know what my spiritual gifts are. 
one of the first things you can do is ask your church, hey, what needs are there here? Where are the needs that exist inside this church? What are the ways that I can plug in and serve the body? And as those needs are, are put before you, what do you find yourself gravitating towards? Do you find yourself going, you know what? If there's a need to provide care and, and meals to people who have new babies at home or who lost a parent recently or who've been sick, that, I, that sounds like something I really want to do. Like, I really want to do that. I would love to show up in someone's house and just be a blessing to them and to provide them a meal and to pray with them and to make sure that their needs are being taken care of and, like, go to the grocery store for them on the way and make sure that they've got everything. Like, that to me sounds like a, a, an explosion of joy in my soul. I, I would love to do that. That may be an indication of how you're gifted. Do you find yourself going, man, I, I would love to be here and, and just be a cheerful face that people see when they arrive? Like, I'm really good at remembering people's names. I really like meeting people. I like being a warm face that people get to know. Like, I'm going to remember your name next week, and I'm going to ask you how you're doing, and I'm going to remember your kids' names next week because I enjoy that. I, I want you to be known. That's really important to me. That may be an indication of how you're gifted. Do you jump at the chance to work diligently and see things get done? You're like, dude, don't put me in front of anybody. Don't ask me to teach a class. Don't put me with kids. If there are chairs to set up, I will set up chairs so fast and so straight and so perfect, everyone will be amazed at my ability to set up chairs. That's awesome. That's a, that may be an indication of how you're gifted by Jesus. Do you want to see people in the church adopt new ministries and get really excited about gathering people together and going, hey, you over here, you're really good at this, so, so let's plug you in over here. And, hey, you're really good at this, let's plug you in over here. And We need to, we need to form a team that can do this thing, and, and I already know all of the steps that are necessary to get that done. I just need the people to plug into those spots, and then I'll check in on them, and I'll make sure the ministry is running right, and, 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 and we're using our resources well, and, and, and I think that would just be a lot of fun. I, I think there's so much potential for us to grow a ministry, right? That may be an indication of how you're gifted, do you find yourself thinking as you study and read the Bible about ways that you could take this and, and explain it to people so that they could understand what you're seeing and, and reading in Scripture? Do you know the Lord and, and when you go to school, students, or when you go to your workplace, believer, do you, do you have a burden for people who are obviously not walking with the Lord and, and desire to teach them gospel truths? See, those may be indications of how you're gifted. And so what, is, what does Paul say to us from Romans 12 here? As you have your gift, use it. Step into those things. Find ways that, that you feel like the Lord uniquely uses you. Find ways that you already love to serve and are gifted to serve and your heart is excited about serving and step into those things and use those gifts. And as you do so, gauge the fruit that comes from it. Do you see the Lord at work in those things? Do other people affirm that the Lord is working through you in those things? Do you find yourself enjoying the, the connection and the service that you have to Jesus through those things? What comes of it? Are others blessed and encouraged by what you do? Those may be indications of how you're gifted. You see, Scripture doesn't give us a specific test or a process to ascertain our gifts. Like if I flip to the back of my Bible, there's no spiritual gifts inventory in here. I wish there was. That would be really helpful. Scripture doesn't give us a specific test to use, but what the Bible does is run with the assumption that we have gifting and that those gifts are to be used. And so discovering exactly how you may have been gifted by the Lord is a process that may take some time for you. 
But it doesn't happen apart from trusting Jesus and stepping into the needs that exist inside the church and seeking to use who you are and how you're gifted to be a blessing to others for the sake of Jesus. Because, right, spiritual gifts are for building up and edifying others, which happens through using our gifts to seek to be a blessing to other people and to serve the body. So having gifts that differ, let us use them. Spiritual gifts are discovered through use. And finally this morning, the last thing I want us to see from Romans chapter 12 is that spiritual gifts are exercised in faith and obedience. Take a look back at verses 6 through 8 with me. Notice what Paul says there. He says, having gifts that differ, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who acts, who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Notice something here. As the gifts are listed out, are there conditions put upon them? Like in prophecy, in proportion to our faith, but only when you feel like it. In service, in our serving, but I'm not going to serve for that thing over there. Definitely not for me. Definitely not going to do that. Right? In acts of mercy, with cheerfulness, but only if I'm having a good day because today is kind of rough. And so thank you, Lord, for seeing me and gifting me and giving me an ability to see this thing over here. But, but today is not my day to do that. Right? No. There are times where we are going to be unable to serve or to speak or to give. But the overarching principle here is that as you are gifted to serve, serve. As you're gifted to serve, serve. Serve in faith. Serve obediently. Serve because you have a Savior who said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Serve because as we saw last week in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, what are we called to do? By the mercies of God, we offer up our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. We say, God, I'm yours. Everything I am, everything you've done in my life as, as a response to Jesus saving me now puts me in a position where I live to serve you and to make much of you and to see that your kingdom advances and to see that people have marriages that are restored because of the grace of Jesus and kids who walk with the Lord instead of walking in the ways of the world. And, and, and I want to conduct my business in a way that brings honor to you, not with a lack of integrity or shadiness. I don't want to be a liar. I want to be truthful and honest in my dealings. I want to be charitable. I want to hoard on to my wealth and play the Woodlands game where it's about being bigger and stronger and more wealthy, although there's nothing wrong with being fairly compensated for our work, and God has blessed many of us with an ability to do that. Instead, we, we open up our hands and say, Lord, everything I have is yours, right? If you want to use my money to bless other people, I'll do that. Whether that's the $10 I got because I work at HEB and I'm 15 years old, this 10 bucks that I got is yours, Lord, or whether I make $100,000, it's all yours, Everything that I have, everything that I, I do, I live my life as a living sacrifice for you. And so we serve in faith and obedience because we rightly understand what the Lord has done for us. Right? I mean, Jesus could have ascended into heaven and he could have created for himself a church that had no need for maturation, no need for growth, no need for evangelism, no need for hospitality, no need for service, but he didn't. 
The joy of knowing Jesus is that the process of becoming more and more like him is an exercise that he designed to take place as we serve and are served by one another in the church. And so as the gifts are listed out here, they're listed with imperatives. Use them. If this is your gift, use it. If mercy, do it with cheerfulness. If leadership, do it with zeal. If contribution, do it with generosity. Use them to be a blessing. Use them to be a blessing to others in the body of Christ with passion and enthusiasm that comes from knowing that our responsibility and our delight is to use our gifts and that the outcome is ultimately the Lord's. The outcome is ultimately the Lord's, right? Our service is not done because we believe that in our doing these things, something specific will happen. Our doing them is in honor and service to Jesus. He will use our willingness and our service to make much of himself for others. Our role is to be faithful, to be willing vessels. His role is to work through us to accomplish his purposes. We leave the results to him as we faithfully and obediently serve. So what do you do with all that this morning? This is not a shameful plug for service at C3, right? Like no one has been guilt-tripped into serving anywhere and afterward been like, you know what, I'm so glad I got guilt-tripped into that. Guilt was definitely the motivating factor I needed in order to do that, right? That's not helpful, okay? Most of us who call this church home serve, often in multiple capacities. If you're looking for a new church home, if you're visiting here, right, we want you to come. We want you to be served. We want you to be encouraged as you learn, as you worship. And as you see fit to integrate your life into the body of this church, we hope that you will serve. Because we ultimately believe that God has given you a unique blessing that everyone else in this room needs. Right? So, if you're not serving this morning, the question for you is tied to that. What blessings are other people in the church missing out on? Because God has given you a unique ability to bless other people, and you haven't stepped into it. Right? There are people in this room who need you, believer. You understand that. I need you. Seth needs you. He's an incredibly gifted pastor and leader, but he needs you. Not just because there's work of ministry that needs to be done, There are ways that you will bless him and his family through your service that make him and his family more like Jesus. That applies to me. It applies to anyone who's up here on stage. It applies to the people in the back right now who are changing baby diapers. We all need each other. There's a blessing that you have to offer through the Lord for this body. And so the question this morning is, what blessings are people in the church not receiving because of how the Lord has gifted you? You may know that you have an ability to do certain things, And the Lord has really used you in consistent ways over the years, and it's time to step into those things. Let's talk and discuss how to help you do that, right? Maybe you are serving this morning, but you sense that you have something to offer and no avenue by which to do it. Let's talk and discuss that as well. Maybe the Lord has gifted you in a specific way, and there's not an opportunity here, and we need to talk as as church leadership about how to encourage you in your gifting. Find opportunity for you to step into how God has wired you so that we can be a blessing to our community a faith here and our community at large around us. Maybe you don't know what your spiritual gift is this morning, right? But you really want to know how the Lord may have gifted you. You really want to know how the Lord may use you. And so <clears throat> this morning, the action step for you is, is to, to find someone who you know and trust. Maybe it's a community group leader. Maybe it's uh, one of the pastors here. Maybe it's one of the elders and say, look, I, I don't really know what my spiritual gifts are, but, but I want to be used by the Lord here. Can you help me begin to see where I might step in and be used by the Lord. 
Regardless of where you find yourself on that spectrum this morning, here's what I would want you to know. If you're here and you belong to Christ, you have significant value to offer in service to Jesus and to his church. You do. You have significant value. There are blessings that you have to give to other people in this body that are desperately needed. And we are here to see that you use your gifts faithfully and obediently as a grace to others and a testimony to the spirit at work in your life. Just as the church in Rome was made up of men and women and children from all different walks of life and ethnic backgrounds and religious backgrounds, so too are we. We're a body made up of many members with different functions, but all united in Christ. And so I pray as we continue to meet together and grow C3 that we will do it as a body of people who've been gifted to serve and bless one another as often as we're able to do so. Let's pray.